0: Welcome to the Pressed in Red podcast. I am your host, Scott Stone, and it is Saturday, May 17, 2018, and 90 degrees at 9 o'clock in the morning in Arlington, Texas. I would like to begin today's discussion on the topic of revolution. Where is it? What is it? Is it really real? But first, let's define what revolution is. Revolution is a forcible overthrow of a government or social class in favor of a new system. And whether you like it or not, it's happening. Whether it's a social revolution, an information revolution, or a sexual revolution, times are changing and the collapse in previous thinking may be upon us see right now the poorest in india are fighting a caste system that's older than western expansion do you know what that means that means that it is older than george washington it is older than the fucking queen of England. And in 2018, these motherfuckers are finally deciding that maybe we should get the right to vote so we don't have to be poor no more. All I'm saying is that people are watching and recording and judging. It hurts, India. So when people come to your country and they see your poorest shit in the street, then yeah, maybe you gotta do something about it. So let's talk change. Let's talk about how we know that we're in the midst of a revolution. So our minds have become hubs for information. Right? And we need to take that information and put it into something. Whether it be driverless cars or on another planet, we need to take what we've learned and develop it into something. It's the same way of social revolution. We need to take what we've learned socially and put it into something different. And I'll give you an example. In last whatever election, we had independent voters, Democrats, and Republicans. And for the first time, independent voters actually had somewhat of a chance of putting up a candidate or whatever they only we've only make up about 13 to 20 percent of Americans the rest are hardline Democrats or hardline Republicans wow that may not seem like real change it's growth you know you have to start somewhere but let's think about that word revolution the forcible overthrow of a government or social class in favor of a new symptom system so what are the signs number one political discourse how we talk about things that will eventually change how we live next door to each other proxy wars it's no world world, wars no more it's no country invading this country, it's I'm going to supply these people with shit to overthrow their governments in favor of my system which they think will eventually be beneficial to them, that's a proxy war Um, information overload the fact that we have at our hands a 24-7 dictionary fact checker you know but we have a president who is diminishing that information by calling it lies which he does I'm sorry I didn't elect the nigga and sexuality we have this opening of sexuality and I know that when people think of sexuality nowadays and the change of it they think about um you know uh trans people but the only thing that trans people are really doing in today's society, that's more evident now. I'm not saying that the trans revolution isn't gonna happen. All I'm saying is that they're making it a little bit easier for people like me who are homosexual, and they and straight people are starting to see me in a light that is more of who I am and less of what they perceive to be gay, which is usually trans. You know, that's sexuality nowadays, the part that I'm able to partake in marriage and shit like that. You know, first let's talk about political discourse. So political discourse. It's pretty much how we discuss politics and for a person like me, I like to think I don't like to see people fucking argue on the news, you know, 24-7. I like to think. I love it. Present me with something new that I can think about. I love the fucking arts. I love the fact that a fucking artist uh, took it upon himself and what he saw the church doing to paint this depiction of these depressed motherfuckers. Somewhere that they weren't supposed to be in the first place on the ceiling. I love to think about shit like that. What I don't like is to turn on CNN and see four of my brothers and sisters not being able to talk to one another. So I was watching this interview on Don Lemon or whatever, and they had... Panelists talking about Trump denouncing the KKK. I'm just going to take a sip of my tea real quick because I've been singing a lot in my car and my voice is really hoarse right now. So, one of the panelists said that regardless if Trump was too late in his response or didn't give it to the level of which you would have preferred. Or it, it doesn't matter. He still apologized. And the other panelist was saying, well, regardless of when he did it or how he did it, at the end of the day, he didn't actually come out and denounce the KKK. He didn't say, I denounce the history of these people and what they did. He just said, okay, they're bad people. There are good and bad people on both sides. That's what he said. So, With one thing, I will give respect to that panelist. I will give respect to that panelist for saying that, okay, regardless of if he denounced it, because he's allowing the other panelists to believe that Trump denounced, uh, you know, the Klan, even though everybody knows Trump didn't or whatever. That's how you engage conversationally or whatnot. And I love the fact that she went on to say, but what I do not like Is the fact that he did not come out and truly make it a point to the world that this shit is horrible. And what I did not like about her or Don Lemon, I should say, is that he kind of cut her off and, you know, the shit she was about to say. So, anyways, what I think she was going to go on to do would just, you know, give the history of the Klan and, you know, reiterate the fact of who these people are, which I personally get tired of hearing too because I already know about it. But at the end of the day, you know, that's how she presents her argument, which I don't agree with. What I would have said to the guy who felt that Trump was too late in his response, I would have said, I don't care about the fact that Trump was late in his, his response. I don't care about the fact that, um, you know, he didn't denounce the Klan to a point of which it would have made me feel better. What I care about is the fact and only that we have a president who does not understand the term, the turns of events. He can't go. From point A to point B, it's either point A works, if that doesn't work, I'ma just think of something else, and if that doesn't work, I'ma just think of something else. And you gotta understand, he always talks about how he's a businessman and all his other shit, you know, which he pretty much just has legal and financial advisors telling him what to do with his money, but... You know, he just gives them ideas of the platform he wants, which is fucking casinos and hotels. But anyways, he doesn't have a he doesn't have steps like you got to think about political discourse like this. When I go and I talk to somebody and I'm I'm not trying to change them. I'm just trying to see if they are open to the idea of a change and maybe I'll be open to the idea of a change, too. But you can't go up to a person and present them with just facts that they already know. You have to present them with something else. So what I would have said would be, I don't, only thing I care about is the fact that this president cannot walk up the fucking stairs when it comes to making deals and having business plans, you know, he's out for himself. So I think that's the bigger problem and that sort of behavior, when you have a president you know, who is me, 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 it allows these people who just so happen to be in the clan to feel that it's them, them, them. It gives them that space to be assholes because our president behaves like one, you know? So maybe that's the bigger picture. Maybe the world would work better if there were no assholes, you know, and people were just cool and chill and didn't run over motherfuckers at the fucking mall. You know what I mean? But, you know, I just want people to review other facts and review other ways to present them facts, you know. But there are other platforms that you can get media and get information and get knowledge because I like to read. I mean, I love reading the news and statistics and stuff like that, but I do not like to, right now there's just so much in this world that's going around and how it's affecting my life. I just don't have time to put myself into a fucking fairy tale land for a week and pretend this shit ain't going on. I just don't got the time for that. So I watch people like Joe Rogan on YouTube. And yeah, Joe Rogan, you know, may talk a lot about conspiracy theories and stuff that's not in mainstream news like CERN, you know, but he provides enough researchable information. Like he leaves you with a list of new things that you can go and Google. And I mean, most news outlets have about three facts, you know, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Trump won the election. You know, uh, coal is bad, oil is lucrative, you know, global warming is real, Uh, people still like trucks, you know, and that's how their facts works. But I like fucking, you know, Joe Rogan. And speaking of CERN, CERN should be in in the news at least three times a week, this company, is literally ripping into the fabric of the universe and nobody gives a shit and it's never in the news but you have to listen to other facts you have to listen to other people if you only get your facts from one person what happens when you wake up the next morning, and you're surrounded by 7 billion people asking you fucking questions. Like, what fucking happens? And that happened to me. You know, that happened to me. Like, I was presented with all these facts as a kid. You know, history this, math that, English this, science that. You know, and as far as You know, English and history goes, math and science, okay, those are good facts. I need to know those facts. But English and history, like, why I got to know how to talk like you? Why I have to know how to walk and dress and be like you? Why Why do I have to use these facts to pretend that I am you? When I turn on the news and I'm presented with facts that tell me I'm not even on the same level as you. Well, maybe... Instead of being all pissy and mad, I'm going to just go learn some new facts. (laughs) I'm going to just go learn something else. And that's what the revolution is all about. You know, is more knowledge, more information, finding finding out about who you are versus who everybody else is. Anyways, one of the things I like to do Answer questions because people always love to ask me fucking bullshit. And since I don't have any questions, I'm just gonna recall the bullshit that I've been asked and um, we'll end today's podcast like that. So, who are you? I've been asked that question before. So, for one, I am a superhero from space. That's what people call me. And that's what they call space. But I was sent down here because of some wrongdoing I had. When I was a kid, my dad dropped me off in this world that you call heaven. Because there was a war in my world that I called Charinthia. And I was dropped off here. Like, my dad and yo daddy knew each other a long time ago. And they dropped the nigga off here. Because they knew that I would fit in here. Because on my world, I was of the same sort of, you know, image. And whatever. So, came here and I met this nigga and whatever. And we got into some motherfucking trouble. And God sent both of us away. He sent him a little further down than me. Send him a little further down than me. But, you know, I was like, God, like, I know what was going on. I was, I'm brand new here. I'm brand new. You gonna have to send me down here to live amongst whatever you want me to know so when I come back, I don't have to, you know, do what I did before. I was like, give me a chance. I ain't never been up here. So anyways, you know, send me back down and I, you know, through trial and error, I got in touch with who i needed to be so whenever people ask me who you are i already know that i am about to present to them an out of the world response that they've never heard before you know they've never heard anyone like me especially since they have to ask me who i am If you wouldn't have to ask me who I am, if you already know me. So because you're asking me who I am, you're already assuming or, you know what I mean? You're already, you know, going to receive this and probably not like it because you probably have had a description of who I was based on what you think and not what I'm about to tell you. You know what I mean? So let's answer this question of who are you? So, I'm just a guy who still believes in magic. You know, as a kid, I have vivid, vivid memories of being in tune with the world around me. I always knew the morning when I was going to go outside and see that the flowers had bloomed. Stuff like that, you know, when I went to a fucking lake or whatever, I was a kid that walked off and found the cool fish. You know, everybody here, you know, feeding catfish, you know, and I'm over here looking at this orange and silver fish, you know, that just came out of nowhere. That was always me. I was always a guy where, that the butterfly landed on and even though this is something that happens every day to me those things are special to me those things mean that I am still human that I can still find wonder in what is life and what is the inanimate I don't always find life in which you can't you know And that's just always been me. I've always been spiritual. I've always been aware. You know, I could always, I've always described myself using metaphors and poetry. That's just always been me. So I feel like that's who I am. And as a person like that, I can't really sit up here and say, oh, yeah, I love, you know, jeans or You know, I fucking grew up, you know, eating the best cereal and all this other stuff. It's like, no, I grew up fucking poor. So, you know, God kept me alive because he kept all this beauty and nature that was around me and didn't allow me to focus on the fact that I didn't have no food, that I didn't have no clothes for school, you know, that I didn't have no fucking daddy, that I didn't have no money, that I didn't. I didn't live in a safe neighborhood. The niggas was getting shot that I saw dead bodies. You know, he allowed me, God allowed me to go outside and be amongst, you know, nature and animals and, you know, listen to the birds and ease my mind, you know, because if I was like this as a kid, like fully who I am now as a kid, I would not have made it. But the fact that I was allowed to sort of be a kid amongst the growth, you know. So, the best way to describe who I am so you can get a clear picture of it my last and dying wish is to die on my front porch in some straw hat looking out at my land. And my cattle with my husband in there drinking lemonade. Maybe he dead already. I don't know. Grandkids playing. Grandma playing. You know. And I just go. That's how I want to die. I feel like you can't describe yourself and who you are until you can describe how you want to go. You know. And like really work towards having that last and dying wish, you know. So, yeah, I want to learn how to um, grow a bonsai lemon tree, you know. I don't really care about fucking the new iPhone. I don't really care about, you know, the new bottle of liquor, you know, but I will go out and, you know fucking make birds a salad like I'll cut up my leftover veggies you know what I mean all that fucking lettuce we throw away all those tomatoes and peppers and onions they get old and soft that we throw away I go out there I fucking I cut that shit up you know and I put it in a bush next door to my window you know what I mean that is something that I do and it's not because like I'm weird I just feel like that's the purpose like if we are how how are we, how are we saying that we want to be a society that recycles when our idea of recycling is still throwing the food away you should be feeding that you should be taking that food you know we used to always take our old halloween pumpkins in michigan when i lived in michigan we used to always take our old halloween pumpkins and go feed them to the deer You know, spread them seeds again. Don't just go trash them. Let somebody else make money off of it. You know, I just be like, that's who I am as an individual. I'm just, you know, spiritual and aware. And I know that I have to work hard to finally get that dream of a farm. But we all have to work towards our dreams. You know, our dreams are pretty much, you know, We kind of take the same route when it comes to dreams in terms of how we attain them. But as far as how we want to go out, we all want to go out differently. But I saw I saw myself die at a very early age. I saw myself dying at a very early age. You know, I lived I'm from a society where People weren't making it to eighteen. And if they did make it to eighteen, you know, they didn't see the sunshine no more because they had been locked up. I've always been connected to my people. Maybe that maybe they haven't been connected to me, but I've always seen myself in them. And I always knew that regardless of if I went to if I went to school, mommy, if I went to school today, regardless of if I did my homework, regardless of if I fucking graduated and got married to a woman, regardless of if I did any of that at the end of the day, I'm always going to see myself in my people. And if my people are still in the conditions that I may or may not have made it out of, I'm still going to be there with them, dying every day, smoking drugs, you know, doing drugs, drinking all the time. You know, I'm not talking about adults. I'm talking about like 15, 16 year olds buying weed, smoking all the time, you know, drinking all the time or whatever, shooting up each other. You know, I'm always going to be there with them going through that. So no matter where I go, I saw myself dying at an early age and I did not want that. I did not want to die at 18. I did not want to get shot down at fucking 16 over a beef about a girl you know so i had to grow up and i and that's a issue that i have with you know the ghetto it's like we're not allowing these boys and girls to envision themselves growing up and growing older because we've Damaged each other so much, and we have to, you know, get rid of that. And the only way to get rid of that is to figure out who you are. If you see yourself dying at 18 in a gunfight, and you present, you ask somebody, "How do you see yourself dying?" And they tell, and you reassure them, like, "No, this is the behavior that you're presenting that's gonna lead to you dying in a gunfight." You know, that is going to get people to change. But you can only get people to change by telling them who they are. You know, that is who I am. That is why I am here. That is why I was sent here to voice my opinion and my concerns. So in the next episode, I will talk about more of who I am and more of the pressed in red podcast and where i see this thing going um once again my name is scott stone i am calling in out of arlington texas and you guys enjoy the rest of your day